Welcome to the OmniTalk 2021 Ask an Expert series, where we go deep with experts on the key subjects and ideas that are shaping the future of retail. I'm your host, Anne Mazinga. And as we near the end of 2021, I can't believe we're saying that, uh, but it's true. We are revisiting the circular economy. And to do that, we've brought back a resale expert from Recurate. So joining us today, we have Recurate's VP of Brand Success, Cynthia Power. Cynthia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I want to know a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your background. You're you know, relatively new to Recurate. Tell our listeners all about you. I am brand spanking new to Recurate. I've been here for three months. Uh, nice. My last job or the last company I was at, I was there for 14 years. Uh, I was at Eileen Fisher and I was running um, for the last six years. I ran their uh, take back and resale program, Renew, which was, you know, and is very near and dear to my heart and was a total unicorn job that I enjoyed with every fiber of my being. Um, but I'm really excited to be to be here at Recurate um, in this kind of new, newer um future looking uh area and and really working with brands. Um on their, you know, the success of their resale channels. Now I want to call out something that you said earlier, the Eileen Fisher program that you were running that started how many years ago? It started in 2009. So it's 12 years old. It was definitely like a, or the pioneer in the space. Yes. So the OG of resale is Eileen Fisher started that started like making this a concept that retailers and brands themselves could grasp. I mean, was there anybody else doing this in, in that apparel space at the time that that program started, or was this still something that you were kind of trying to figure out for yourself? Patagonia started around in a similar time. Um, and I don't think there was much conversation between the two programs, but I think that they were kind of both trying to figure themselves out on a similar time frame. But I would say for sure, the Eileen Fisher Renew program was trying to figure everything out you know, they say like, don't reinvent the wheel, but like, if the wheel doesn't really exist, then you kind of have to invent the wheel. So, um, yeah, you know, just warehouses full of clothes needing to be sorted and cleaned and trying to figure out distribution strategies and like customer behavior. And, um, in my time there, I came on in 2015 into that role and, um, you know, really going like, we started the website with Trove um, while we were while I was there in 2017. And at the time, it seemed kind of like a crazy proposition, but like everyone, you know, you have to have a website. So like in that sense, it made total sense. But just like, how do you sell like, as Andy Rubin at Trove calls them snowflakes, you know, you're, mm-hmm. it's just a very different proposition. So it's exciting to see how much has changed and how much has evolved in the last six years and customer behavior too and customer just sentiment. I feel like when I first started there, um, customers were kind of like, ew, you know, used clothing. And now right. it's like, there's like, they think it's great. There's like no resistance to it. It's just fantastic. So yeah, a lot, a lot happened. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. We were talking, we had Adam, uh, the founder of Adam Siegel, the founder of Recurate on the, the last time we connected. And it was so funny because we were talking in that podcast about, you know, people being surprised. We're like talking about buying used Lululemon and they're like, no one's going to buy Lululemon clothes that people have sweat in. It's like, yeah, they will. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, you're like, you're saying your customer has changed. The mindset has changed. 
Um, for those people who might not have heard that episode, can you give us a little bit of background on Recurate? Recurate uh, is, is a service that we provide to, to brands and it's a tech integration that basically we, we build into uh, brands' existing websites, um, the ability for them to have a peer-to-peer you know, marketplace on their, on their website. So, you know, I could sell my, you know, Eileen Fisher or, you know, brand X clothes to you, Anne, um, on, you know, brand X's website. And it's kind of taking that like Poshmark or eBay type kind of customer to customer experience, but putting it straight, you know, embedding it into a brand's website, which, um, I can tell you from my days at Renew um, was like a big dream in terms of having that integration and having it really live right there on the website and not have to be this very separate experience. Right. And it gets at some of those significant issues like warehousing and trying to make an e-commerce experience out of the snowflakes like you talked about. Yes. I think just the the peer-to-peer element is part of what actually piqued my interest about Recurate and just you know, being like a, a peer-to-peer shopper myself, um, I think, and and having experienced the challenge of all of the logistics you're talking about, the warehousing and everything, I don't think that it, it shouldn't exist. I think it is a, an important part of the, the puzzle, but I think that whenever possible to have people selling and sending directly to each other makes so much sense. And I think it also creates like a nice sense of community. You know, I love when I get things from other people and there's just a note. It's like, thanks for buying my stuff, you know, like, and just to think like this was somebody else's. And just for me, you know, the inherent value, it's like, if it's a beautiful piece of clothing, like I don't care if two other people wore it, three other people wore it, if it's still nice and clean and like looks good on me. I don't care. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I think that you touch on something else there too, Cynthia, the, the brands that are able to utilize this. Have you noticed, you know, in the last few months or especially since you started Recurate things changing as far as who the types of retailers that are, that are taking on resale. I mean, we've been hearing a lot of it in the news Patagonia, you mentioned is one of the originals, but like, how has that evolved in the last few months? What kind of retailers are you seeing on your platform at Recurate and, mm-hmm. and, and in general, like who, who's getting on the resale bandwagon? You know, the brands that we're talking to at Recurate are like, okay, so this is one of our priorities. And, you know, we, we really want to figure out the best way to do this. And we're hearing more brands talk about that, where I think even four or five months ago, it was like, you know, have you thought about resale? Um, you know, maybe can we, you know, can we tell you why you should think about resale? You know, now I think the conversation's changing. So that's exciting. Um, you know, we have a couple of brands we've launched recently that have been um, really exciting, both um, Rachel Comey and Outer Known. Um, and, you know, from very different kind of like sides of the fashion or clothing spectrum. I mean, Rachel Comey launched um, resale during her 20th anniversary, like fashion week show. And it's all about like archive and, you know, this kind of classic American, not classic, uh, I would say more like iconic American designer, um, you know, doing this cool thing. And then, you know, you have outer known, which is Kelly Slater's brand and, um, seeing like such a fantastic, uh, kind of, you know, um, just response from customers, I think seeing just like the, the, the behavior is there. The desire is there. We have some exciting, really exciting launches coming up as well that I, that I can't talk about, but um, it's really obvious for more expensive brands. I think resale is, mm-hmm. but to see 
less expensive, less expensive brands also want to get in on it. And contrary to maybe what my initial first thought was, it's like, well, if you go and look on Poshmark and on eBay and on ThreadUp, like there's a ton of stuff and it's selling all the time, right? right? Resale really is for every brand. As long as the piece has retained its quality, you can make a case for reselling it. You mentioned how brands maybe four or five months ago were like, ah, we, yeah, sounds nice. Let's do it. But what what have they been saying now? Like what's shifted that priority for them? Is it, you know, pressure to be more sustainable? Is it just the, the potential revenue that they could be capturing from taking this in, in house or from having resale, you know, be happening on their website versus on a Poshmark or eBay, or what, what are you hearing from them? It's all of the above for some brands. It's definitely like, you know, a part of the sustainability story that they want to have they want to have as part of their their brand experience. We see some really compelling statistics around, you know, new uh, customer acquisition is like roughly, you know, roughly 50%. Um, so seeing new, you know, half 50% new customers coming into your, your brand for the first time. Part of that is also having a lower price point um, for used goods. So having your product be available also to more people. Mm-hmm. Um, you could almost think about it as like a customer lifetime value starting being able to start that relationship earlier, you know, with them from a direct kind of brand to customer um, relationship. I'm excited to see more brands say, the more we resell, the less new we'll make. Hmm. And I think that that is something we'll see more of, you know, for hardcore sustainability brands, I think they'll lead the way there. And then I'm hoping that we'll see, you know, others follow. If you think about it, if they're cutting down on the number of new products that they're creating, they're creating scarcity and some like some higher value that not only improves, you know, the demand for that product that's new that they're making, but I would think that product as it goes through the resale or circular economy thereafter. I mean, if they're only creating 25 of a top and, you know, you get the opportunity to wear that once and then pass that along and three other people get the opportunity to wear that. It seems like that's a business model that we're not seeing, but that has a ton of potential. Am I thinking of that the right way? Definitely. I like to talk about it as a like multi-sale life of an item. Or if you think about, you know, I want to, I haven't seen a perfect PL for this and either I need to build it myself or somebody, you know, who's already done it. I just need to see theirs, but it's like, you know, how much did it cost to produce the item and across like dollars and, you know, labor and um, natural resources or whatever it was. Right. And then, um, how much did you sell it for originally? And then you took it back or you sold it peer to peer or whatever. And like, what were those, you know, you might see monetary benefits for those additional sales, but then you also might see like, and we gained a new customer or, and like we brought back a a lapsed customer or we kept our super loyal customer, super happy because she found this piece that she never got to have, or like, you know, or we just like, we're just extending the, um, like, like lessening the environmental footprint of that original item, the more times it can be worn. Like, I think there's so many benefits that can go with it. So I would love to see that like really like multifaceted PL for seeing how many times a piece can be um, sold and resold. And like, just to me, there's like endless benefit from that. Right. And, and just the different metrics that almost have to be in play there then too. I mean, you're, 
you like you, I love the point about, you know, new customers experiencing your brand at a lower price point. You look at the cost of customer acquisition right now. And if they're able to find your brand and experience your brand earlier on, you know, you, yes. you might, you might have a, a different, you know, cost allocation there um, in some respects, but in the end, you know, is it bringing in new people and is it doing that in a much more sustainable and, and new way? Um, that's interesting. That leads me to another question. We're seeing some of these retailers and and the, you know, I got I don't know if you call them tech companies slash resale companies, but in this space, kind of evolving from, you know, just being a, a strict peer-to-peer or warehouse strategy. They're they're starting to talk, we're starting to see, you know, reta- resale as a service, which was a new term that came out this year, um, providing, you know, this end-to-end, similar to what Recurate's doing, where you're you're providing the resale capability on the site of the retailer. We're seeing, you know, retailers get into resale warehousing, exploring doing physical stores in this matter. What what are you thinking as you see these kind of experiments coming from retailers? What is there anything that you're like, yes, this is a this is a great path to continue exploration. This has some challenges that'll come with it. What are your thoughts there, Cynthia? The options with it kind of taking back from a customer and warehousing. I think there is a I think there's a place for that. I'm most interested in the peer-to-peer model because it's better for the environment. It requires so much less kind of logistical effort, people and and resources um, to kind of bring everything back, figure out what it is, resell it. I would love to see, you know, peer-to-peer kind of be the first step. And then you figure out what is, what is happening with peer-to-peer and like what is not, and then try to figure out solutions for what is not. What are the use cases where it might make more sense for an in-store experience or for a non-peer-to-peer commerce experience? For example, uh, damaged goods may be a place where, you know, when it's either a really like expensive piece that needs um, to be fixed or repaired, but can continue to like hold its value and be sold again. Um, I think that that kind of merits a take back and a warehousing and kind of putting some labor into it to then be resold. I think that damaged goods that need to be recycled should also be collected. And I think that's a nice customer touch point as well. You want to give your customer um, kind of different experiences and reasons to, to interact with your brand. And so I think, you know, if you have a yearly take back event or, you know, at renew, like at Eileen Fisher, we, we took back in all of our stores, um, And it's always a good reason for customers to come in, which is, you know, one of the reasons that everyone does marketing is just to get people to walk into your store. We're seeing a big kind of transformation in customer behavior in terms of, or consumer behavior in terms of people being willing to sell their own product or their own stuff. There are some customers who will never want to do that. Um, And hopefully, you know, like I, like I said, like a dwindling minority, but I think that they exist. And I, I think that would be another reason that like, Peer-to-peer is too difficult. They're either, they're never going to do that. So I think if they're never going to do that, then, you know, give them an easy way to send it in or bring it in or, or whatever it is. Are there any other challenges you think that still exist for retailers and brands who are considering this? Any pushback that you're still getting to, you know, fully embracing this? I know you said you're going to be announcing a few new partnerships later in the year, but what are you still hearing, um, if any, resistance? The fear of cannibalization is still real. 
Really explain um, that a little bit. Usually senior leadership and brands can have some, some worry that in that they, that their customers will start buying used and then will not buy new anymore. Okay. Given the option to buy used, they'll choose that over new. I, I haven't, I haven't seen that play out in a way that's detrimental to a brand or to a company. Um, and again, like, because I think the space is changing and it's all relatively new, like we don't have a lot of hardcore data on it either. Sure. But I think that, you know, when, when this conversation comes up, I tell people that most importantly, people are buying your product used, whether or not they're buying it from you. Right. So if you're not selling it to them and they want, you know, they, you know, I think especially for fancy brands where maybe this is a, this is a bigger concern. It's the same type of brand that people are looking for on Poshmark and on eBay. Um, and so if you can offer it to them in your branded space on your site and consider them a customer from that point forward, like there's no downside in that. You really have to acknowledge that um, as millennials and Gen X grow up and, and get older and have more buying power, that they will continue to see used as a, as a hugely interesting option for their purchases. And right. I think given it's to me, it's just about quality. It's like if you were to say you can buy this used and it's the same quality as this new thing, like I'll pick the used thing. I want to pay a little less for it too, if that's what matters to me, right? I just care that like the used thing was already produced and was already used and enjoyed by somebody. And then I'm going to like, by using it and purchasing it, continue to kind of lessen its environmental footprint um, by extending its life. It's interesting, especially as we're studying Gen Z and Gen Alpha, I mean, and how they're making purchasing decisions, they are putting value up before price. So I think that's something important as retailers are thinking about that, that, you know, this, this, not only this concept of resale, not only hits on value, but it's also one of the, the ways that I think, you know, retailers can also serve on, um, on price. So it's, it's about the sustainability, lessening the footprint of the item, but then also, you know, that's, you're kind of one and done here. Now you're able to provide this next generation who eventually will care more. You know, I don't, I don't know who's, who's funding all of their spending right now. My guess is they're still, you know, having parents who are helping them pay for clothing items and things, but you know, as they get on their own, this is one area where you are able to do all of those things in one product. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's not going to be the case with a lot of, a lot of, uh, verticals. As we kind of close, I'd love to get your thoughts on kind of what the year ahead looks like. Um, what should retailers and brands be thinking of as they're approaching 2022 and, and their retail strategy? What advice do you have for them? figure out how you want to participate in the circular economy in uh, in the resale economy and reuse and uh, recycling and upcycling and, and all of that. You know, as what I'm doing at Recurate is really like working with brands to help them have the most successful resale program possible. So once they've launched, um, I'm sitting there with them and saying, okay, like, what's your strategy? What are your goals? And how can we work on that together? And, and right now I'm, I'm in like a deep phase of kind of testing and learning and trying to figure out again in this like um, area where there isn't so much data, right? Like what do customers respond to and how do they want to participate and how do we make it easier for them and all of that, you know, to tie it back, I would say, you know, for brands to be thinking about that as well. Like what are your customers already doing and how do you want them to participate with you in this and how can you invite them in, in a way that feels, you know, uh, authentic and like fun for them. And, um, 
and kind of help build that community. A lot of arrows and signs for me are pointing towards, you know, this is about building community and being in touch with people. And in a time when, you know, we are less face-to-face than ever, I do think getting that box from another person and knowing that it was theirs and now it's yours. And like, there's something really meaningful in that. And I really enjoy it. It's like, it's like pen pals, but with clothing. It's so exciting. I know there is something so thrilling about just getting, getting that package or even sending that package to somebody else. Um, well, Cynthia Power, this has been wonderful. If people want to find you, they want to know more about Recurate, they have questions about resale, how do they get in contact with you? Uh, they can email me. My email is Cynthia at Recurate.com or they can find me on LinkedIn or they can go to Recurate.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That was Cynthia Power, Recurate, VP of Brand Success. And to everybody listening out there, 